You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a Friday afternoon edition of the show. Beautiful Friday here in East Tennessee, and we are live at National Rx in Farragut, 11-134 Kingston Pike, where we are this afternoon, right next to Wendy's out west on this Beautiful Friday afternoon. If you want to come out and see us, we got some Jets pizza for you this afternoon. Still pretty warm. Had a piece just a few moments ago. It was my pregame meal and uh, ready to go this afternoon. Bear and Marcus are holding down the fort back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Good afternoon, Bear. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Russell. Fired up, focused. And pre- oh, yeah. I'm fired up, focused, and prepared. I've got full faith in my coach and my team that they're going to go out and get a win tomorrow. Our backs right. are against the wall. And we need to, it's time to circle the wagons. You Do you really have full faith, Bear? Yes. 100%. Tennessee's 100%. getting the W tomorrow. We're getting the W tomorrow. I, I got, wish I, I, got wish faith I shared in, that level of yeah. optimism. I, Y'all are a bunch I, of weak I, sisters is what I think. I've done a lot of thinking about this the past 24 hours. I'm rolling with Plosvich. I'm rolling with Double Z. All of them. Those are my guys. That's our team. I think we're going to get the W tomorrow. I think I'm about 60% on Tennessee getting the W tomorrow. If I had to lean towards one team or another, I'd probably go with the Vols, but I'm not just supremely confident in that as we sit here today. I'll be interested to see how they come out, man. It's a big one tomorrow with what they've got coming up. You better win tomorrow. Otherwise, it could get ugly. Yeah, I mean, this is the basketball program. We're going to, I mean, the next three after this, we're going to have to play. We have to bring our A game every night to have a shot at winning them. So Thompson Bowling is sold out tomorrow. The only game, uh, the South Carolina game is sold out too, which kind of surprised me. But the only game they have tickets left for is Arkansas and very limited number of tickets. I, I mean, that will for sure be sold out. So all the games sold out pretty much for the rest of the way here for Tennessee. So they're going to have some some big crowds, and I expect a big one in there tomorrow. It sounds like Triple J is doubtful with that sprained ankle. Just think about this on the way over here. Let's assume that he doesn't play tomorrow. Yeah. Who are you starting? Who are you putting in the starting lineup? I just keep going back to what Davey said, and it's – one of Davey's best takes and analysis on, you know, Tennessee basketball. First thing, I want to see Plosvich back in the starting lineup. That's actually my take, but okay. You, you can give Davey credit. That's fine. I can't remember. It was, it was on – it started off on voluntary reaction, man, and we were in like hour three of one. Sorry. Your take. But, yeah, I want to see Plosvich in the starting lineup. Uh, hook, I- line, and sinker, I am 100% agree with your take on – he brings a level of energy, the aggression, the crowd, everything. I'm going to change my take. <laughs> now that you finally agree with me, I'm going to change my take. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Urosh back in the starting lineup. I don't think that's what we're going to see tomorrow. Here's what, here, here's what I think your two options are. 
I think you could go with Key. I think that's the simple thing is to put him in there and you go small ball. You let Julian Phillips play the four, get a little smaller, get a little quicker. Key can play the three. You get more shooting on the floor. Hopefully he continues what we saw at Vanderbilt, and that helps ameliorate these offensive issues that we've been having. I think that's the easy thing to do. And here's the not-so-easy thing to do, but uh, maybe the more intriguing thing to do. When you start a Waka. That's what I was getting ready to – I was getting ready to say, why wouldn't you just move Julian Phillips to three, put a walk at the four? Well, Phillips has been playing the three. So, I mean, that's the easy thing to do. You don't, you don't have to yeah, – you I don't mean, have to move him. But I think that you put in a Waka, who also had, obviously, a good game against Vanderbilt – he brings you some of that energy that uh, Urosh brings as well, and he's just a monster rebounder now. I don't know if that helps you much on the offensive end. And I still think, despite the fact that I think in this bad stretch that they've been in, they've actually played their better basketball with two bigs on the floor, I still think if you're going to do anything in March, Bear, I think you have to go small. I just don't think many people play. I, I just don't see a lot of successful slow plotting two big men basketball teams out there in the college landscape anymore no i mean even the ones like you know your purdue's and uh i mean that that guy's an elite athlete the ed kid nobody really does the, the twin i mean you can it's good for grounding in conference play though night in and night out so and i think he does help us on the offensive end i was when he's in there and the way he is just he rebounds at such a high level and keeps balls alive, you know, he, that adds up, man. And you start having Whatever. like those, you know, you run a 30-second shot clock down, get a shot off, a walker gets a rebound, kicks it out to Zeke, and now you're looking, you get a fresh 20 to play with and just grind Whatever they do, I think it's going to be exciting to see them do something different. And, again, hope Triple J gets better quickly. But I'm looking forward to just shaking things up a little bit. I'm not holding my breath on the, you know, I, I've been saying the past two days, it's, man, it, it's time to show us Freddie DeLeon. Show us B.J. Edwards. Show us something else, man. Don't press the panic button. Press the desperation button because it is desperation time. And desperate times call for desperate measures. I just don't think, I, I just don't think Rick Barnes is wired like that. So I'm not holding my breath. It's what I would do, but. I'm not the guy with 700 career wins getting paid $5 million a year to make those decisions. So we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night. Again, voluntary reaction as soon as the game is over. Should be about an 8 p.m. start on that one. And hopefully we can tap the keg of glory once again because I am tired of drinking under the keg of despair. Not, not a lot of fun. That keg has long since gone flat. It's incredibly bitter, Russell. Just an inc incredibly bitter thing to have to drink. Ugh. Other big news today actually broke late last night texas and oklahoma have found a way out of the big 12 and they will join the sec next year so 2023 will be the final year of the east and west i will be a little bit sad. i mean it's been <laughs> this has been our football life for over 30 years now the eastern division the sec east and um it's going to be different man it's going to be a different era of college football in a different era for the Southeastern Conference, but that's where things are headed starting in 2024. So one more time through the SEC East, the seven-team version of it with Arkansas, or, uh, South Carolina and, and Missouri, the 
latest additions to that going back to 1992. I guess it's been a while, but um, the permanent opponent talk has flared up again with this news that Texas and Oklahoma are coming in. And it certainly seems I, I've, I've seen uh, some of the more plugged in local guys hinting at this. There was a big article in The Athletic that hinted at this, that Tennessee's permanent opponents, it's looking like, and this is not set in stone, but we're starting to hear this from multiple places. It makes a lot of sense when you take into account the needs and wants of all the other 15 schools that are going to be in this new look SEC, that Tennessee's permanent opponents are going to be Alabama, Vandy, and Kentucky. Those, those look like they're three. Again, not set in stone yet. There's certainly a couple of other possibilities. I don't think, I don't think a decision has been made, but it's, it feels like it's trending in that direction. And Bear, I say that if that's what, particularly if you go and I, I posted the screenshots of what the athletic uh, was, was in their article, um, if that's the way it shakes out, yeah, just from a like ease of schedule or a strength of schedule standpoint, Tennessee makes out like bandits. I don't think anybody can complain here, Tennessee, from a just strength of schedule standpoint. No, but there are, I mean, I saw it, me and you have already gotten tagged right when it came out by, you know, I I can't remember who it is. It's one of our listeners, one of our buddies uh, that was just upset about losing Florida and Georgia. And I'm like, are you high? We cannot well, continue to have to play. I mean, nobody has it worse than Tennessee. Yeah. We're, we're not getting Georgia. Like, that. that's just off, off the table because they have two other big rivals, rivalries that are going to have to be preserved. And, you know, Auburn, which is, uh, what do they call it, the, the oldest rivalry in the Deep South, where they've been playing that for over 100 years. And Florida, the cocktail party, they're not going to get rid of those two series. And so it would be unreasonable to expect Georgia to play Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee as their three permanent opponents. That That's just too much. And, like, you know, we could, we could wish that upon Georgia, but that's not going to happen. So the Georgia series every year is going away. And, you know, Georgia, just like Florida Bear, for us old-timers, like, that's, that's not – a every year traditional rival we did not play them every year back in the 1980s that only started in 1992 that we started playing them every year same thing with florida yeah because Dooley dodged us and i i can't remember why we never the first florida game i really remember is the 85 game when it was like 8,000 degrees down there yeah i mean it's just, just on that turf yeah that, now it has been over 30 years now since we've been playing Florida and Georgia. So, I mean, that's a long time, and, and it has been become tradition. I see a lot of people, like, I, I, I did not see anybody saying we should be playing Georgia. I, I've seen a lot of Florida talk out there, and I can I can understand that because it's been 30 years that, you know, we've been playing them every year, and they've in some ways surpassed Alabama as the biggest game on Tennessee's schedule. Certainly in the 1990s during Tennessee's heyday, that was the game of the year in the conference, not just the division, but in the conference. It was Tennessee-Florida was the absolute big game of the year. Um, so I can kind of – I can see that uh, from from that standpoint. The thing I would say 
couple things. First of all, Kentucky's easier. <laughs> I guarantee you Josh Heupel would rather play Kentucky every year. The football coaches just want the easiest path to success. And 100% of them, that's not going to change. So that that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I, I would say is, like, Bear, uh, you know, Kentucky is more of a traditional rival because we have been playing them every year dating back to God knows when, probably since the Southeastern Conference came into existence. Yeah. Which is not the case with Florida and Georgia. For me, as, as a Tennessee, lifelong Tennessee fan, Kentucky is, they're on a, I want to play them every year, uh, home and away in basketball. I'm, I want to play, you know, football. I always want to play Kentucky. Yeah, they're one of our oldest rivals. And, and here's the thing from, from there, here's why I think Kentucky is ultimately going to be on one of Tennessee's three is because, you know, we, we only look at it from our perspective, but you have to look at it from other people's perspective, right? Georgia is going to play Auburn and Florida. You're not going to mess with those. So therefore, Tennessee, in my opinion, can't can't be the third one there. But if you try to put yourself in Kentucky's shoes, like who are their football rivals? Well, it's us. It's Tennessee, number one. Like, I don't even know if there's a close second. Florida, maybe. So, like, uh, we're their Super Bowl every year. They are going to, um, like, and I I think I even saw Matt Jones ran a a poll asking a question, uh, maybe not that exact question, but something similar. And it's like 80% of their fan base. Like, Tennessee is is the by far the biggest game on their schedule. So – yeah. When they make their requests of Greg Sankey and this whole thing, like we're going to be their number one option and it would behoove Tennessee to play them because they're a weaker opponent. So I just see that happening. Obviously Vanderbilt being the in-state rival is going to be one. And it feels like there's uh, enough support to preserve the third Saturday in October that Alabama is going to be one of those as well. So in the end, I think it's going to be Alabama, Kentucky and Vandy. Wow. It, I mean, it's got an old – it also has – I mean, when you say the, the four schools, you know, that's an old school SEC type. Those are longstanding rivalries. That's our four biggest rival or three biggest rivals. Alabama, I mean, Kentucky, I, I and Vanderbilt. I, I think you can make a good argument that Florida and Georgia have become uh, oh, much yeah. bigger rivals than, than Vandy and Kentucky. But Oh, sure. It's, it's not – it's kind of about that, but it's not necessarily about that. Now, I will say the other thing that jumps out about the way the athletic broke this down. What's that? If you're the right reverend, Hugh Freeze down there at Auburn. Did you get blistered? You're an Auburn I fan. I didn't look at his. You got to be like, uh, no. <laughs> He's got Alabama, Georgia, and who? Florida. <laughs> Welcome so, back, like, Hugh. I mean, again they're they're kind of in the same boat as as georgia where they've got those two rivalry games that they're going to you know they're going to keep georgia on there you know they're going to keep the iron bowl like that's just a given if i if if i'm the auburn folks like i'm pleading for uh vanderbilt kentucky south carolina missouri somebody like that you know for the third team i mean florida as your 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 third like that's brutal i mean even like a i mean old miss Something uh, yeah, exactly not. I mean, just, not Florida. That's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of easy ones. I mean, Kentucky and Vanderbilt usually. I mean, sure. Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky beat Florida. That's why I'm kind of surprised. Like I would say, I mean, Florida. uh, they, Florida's not us to them. 
Like, they hate us. We hate them. No question about it. But that Florida rivalry, Florida-Kentucky, I may be mistaken. Uh, I'm sure TJ could call in and let me know. But they take that Florida rivalry pretty serious up there. They've had a lot more success against Florida than they have against us. Well, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be an interesting conversation, and I, I think they're hoping to have an announcement done on this by the SEC spring meeting. So I, I don't think it's going to be one of those things that drags on into the summer. I think we're going to know the answer pretty soon. We'll get Trey Wallace's thoughts on these topics and more. He of Outkick coming up next. On your Big Orange Phillies phone lines is how he'll join us. It's how you'll join us as we roll through the following three hours on a beautiful Friday afternoon live today at National Rx in Farragut. Stay tuned. The drive continues. Back with more right after this. Drive continues, Fan Run Radio. Russell Barron, Marcus Young cruising with you here on a Friday afternoon edition of the show. I'm live today out here at National Law Rex. Uh, swing on by. Be sure to see Nurse Amy here. She can uh, help you through their full lines of men's health care products here, including uh, the Sildenafil prescription she can set you up with here just 50 cents a tablet lowest sildenafil prices in the known universe and she can also tell you more about the over-the-counter option they have here that treats male erectile dysfunction as well as a couple of other uh, conditions in nitric oxide supplements which again over-the-counter you don't even need a prescription come here uh, take a test see where your levels are at and try a sample pack see how it works for you national law Rex. We're here this afternoon till 6 p.m. You can check out nationallawrex.com to find out more and uh, give them a ring down here if you want to talk to one of the expert pharmacists. If you've got questions about anything you hear us talking about here on The Drive today. Let's get Trey Wallace in here standing by on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Trey, of course, from outkick.com. Good afternoon, Trey. How are you, sir? I am uh, I'm good, buddy. I hope you're well. I need to, to get down to National RX and get some of that CBD that they're known for. So uh, I hope y'all are doing well. The Ananda Professional CBD. There's a couple of our listeners are big fans of their products. So definitely come down here and check that out. Tell them Fan Run sent you. Trey, uh, big news. Last night, the SEC is Texas and Oklahoma have managed to extricate themselves, it looks like from the Big 12 a year early. This will be the last year of the 14-team SEC before expansion to 16 as the league welcomes in the Longhorns and Sooners in 2024. Um, Big talking point today about the permanent opponents, and it seems like there's a lot of momentum gathering for Tennessee, and this could work out really well for Josh Heupel and the Vols if it ends up being Alabama, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, the three permanent opponents could Tennessee really be so lucky Trey I don't know I mean that that deal you know starting off the deal to to get Texas and Oklahoma into the conference I mean it, it, you know a lot of I don't want to say a lot but but some media pundits said you know it was dead you know six days ago and it wasn't going to happen you know and after talking with some folks last week like no it, there was there was a little snag but th- th- this thing wasn't done like it was going to get 
you know, in place, in my opinion, um, over the next month. And it turns out, you know, that they're going to pay, it's really $100 million for Texas and Oklahoma. But what they're doing is, it's not like they're technically going to have to pay the $100 million. They're just not going to get any kind of revenue share from the Big 12. So it'll add up to $100 million. And then Fox, on their end of the buyout, they got $20 million, and they also got the Michigan-Texas game in 2024 in Ann Arbor. So that that's, that's kind of how it all played out. And it sets up really nice for Texas and Oklahoma to officially join the Southeastern Conference on July 1st of 2024, which is, and I'm trying to think, I think, what, that's like three weeks before SEC Media Day, so it's like perfect timing for them to, to hop in, you know, right after baseball season's kind of over. Um, I, I, you know, it's going to be strange seeing them in the conference, like, you remember, like, and I hate to go on, but you remember, you know, we were at SEC Media Days, and, you know, this was a couple of years ago, and the news broke, Texas and Oklahoma joining. Okay. You know, and, and you kind of started to think, what the, what's that going to look like uh, once, once they get into the conference? And, man, we're going to find out sooner rather than later. And, you know, the permanent opponent deal, you know, it was talked about a lot recently last year after the spring meetings because, Greg Sankey wants to go, in, in presidents and 80s as well, they want to go the nine-game conference schedule. So it, it's how do you break that up? Did you do that in pods? Do you do that in permanent opponents? Um, you're not going to do it in division. So I think, you know, your, your permanent three are kind of the way to go, in my opinion. And you look at it, I mean, yeah, it looks nice. You know, I've, I've, I spoke with a few people this morning and last night about it. You know, and in Tennessee's case, you know, they're, they're looking at the geographical sense of this, and you, and you put Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky into, you know, your permanent opponents. And, like, if I was a Tennessee fan, I would probably be, okay, excited in the sense of, okay, my goodness, we don't have to play Florida and Georgia every year. Maybe a path to the playoff is a little bit easier. But then you try to figure out, you know, your home schedule. So you're losing Florida and Georgia off your home schedule every other year. And it's like, okay, that's like a hit. But then you get to replace that, you know, with a potential LSU or an A&M or an Oklahoma or a Texas. You know, so I, I, I don't – I wouldn't go too far into the – who the permanent opponents are going to be, because I think you're going to see like Tennessee play Florida every other year still. And I think you would see Tennessee play Georgia every other year still, but it it is, man, it's going to look really weird if that comes out in the spring meetings, which I'm anticipating. Like, I know you guys were talking about it before I came on. I'm anticipating once we get down to Destin um, right there at the beginning of May, uh, Aprilish, end of April. I, I think we're going to see this thing being rolled out, and I think you're going to see coaches and ADs agreeing to it, Russ. Trey Wallace of Outkick with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. You know, Trey, there's so much made about the conference schedules, who the three permanent opponents for each school are going to be, and all that stuff. I'm interested to see if Greg Sankey in the conference provide any leadership as far as the non-conference schedules because you're going from four to three games which is in right. my mind, not a big problem 
if like, I think they should use this as a way to get rid of the FCS opponents, like get rid of those yeah. games that nobody cares about. And if you could figure out a way or, you know, make teams schedule at least one other power five conference opponent, preferably two. Um, and, you know, you're going to play one group of five game. I, I get that. But any idea how that might shake out or what you think you would like to see going forward when it comes to the non-conference scheduling equation? Well, again, you know, something was brought up to me last night. I was, I was having a conversation with, with someone inside the Southeastern Conference, and, and I was like, okay, well, you guys took, and I, and I say you guys, you know, they had to do it, take off Oklahoma, took off Texas from Georgia's. Just, like, okay, so now Tennessee should get Oklahoma in 2024 to make up for the game that was canceled. You know what I mean? Because of the expansion. Like, that should be first round. That should be on the schedule for Tennessee in 2024. Play Oklahoma because of what happened. And then, you know, for Georgia, you know, make sure that matchup is set. I I think when you look at the non-conference schedule, I think, yes, you get rid of Tennessee Tech. Nothing against Tennessee Tech, but you get rid of a school like that, and you go find yourself a group of five. Now, what? You know, who is that? I, I don't know. Go go play Toledo or go play, you know, App State or, or something along those lines. Um, I, I think when it comes to overall, you really want the marquee matchups. You know, you, uh, you know you, I think you would want probably one big game, non-con game a year. And I go, so I go back to that Texas-Michigan thing where – Texas is going to travel to Michigan and Texas is going to be a part of the SEC when they travel to Michigan in 2024. And then Michigan's going to make the return trip to Austin in 27. So like, that's the type of matchups I would like to see. But one of the biggest components out of all of that, Russ, is I'm tired of these neutral site games. I don't want to see any more neutral site games, you know, Tennessee versus Virginia in Nashville. Who cares? I, I don't want to see that game. I want to see, Tennessee versus Virginia in Knoxville. You know, I, I, I want to see Tennessee at BYU. I know that can't be the case at the moment because they're, they're hopping into the Big 12, you know, potentially, but not potentially, but they are. But I'm saying down the road, like, I get away from, like, the, the horrible neutral side games. Like, I'm good with Mercedes-Benz Stadium hosting, you know, like the, the, the Georgia-Oregon game this year. I know it didn't turn out well, but, like, that's a marquee game or – or what goes on in Orlando, you know, with LSU, Florida State. But, you know, some of these petty games that you're just lining up just to line up, just to be in the mid-state, like Tennessee's doing with Virginia, down the road, man, get rid of that. Find yourself one group of five opponent. Find yourself one big non-conference opponent and figure out what you're going to do with that third one. But, man, I, I just, you know, that's one of the big instances that I would see you know, down the road, one of the big changes that I want, and we'll see if the conference goes along with it. Trey Wallace of OutKick with us this afternoon on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And, Trey, uh, switching gears here a little bit towards basketball and another disappointing <laughs> loss on the road for Tennessee here the middle of the week. And you, we, we all know what's coming up next week. you got Alabama, you got Kentucky and Rupp. Um, tomorrow is a really big game for Rick Barnes to stop the bleeding, do you think they can, or do you think that this team is in the process of coming apart a little bit? I mean, I think that, yeah, they could beat Missouri, 
But don't overlook Kobe Brown from Missouri who could come in and drop 25 on you. You know, I, I this Tennessee basketball team, and I, I, I watched every basketball game for them this year and other games around the SEC, you know, yeah, they got a good defense, but, man, the offense – just goes stale at times and it, you know it throws me off a little bit it's like okay what are they doing shooting wise look at their rotation you know in in the loss of triple j technically i guess again with a sprained ankle we'll see when he returns you know now you got to figure out who you're going to throw into that spot and you know do you do you roll with somebody like you guys are talking about do you roll with somebody like heroes and you got two bigs or are you going to play this thing out? And okay, what's your do you do you roll with the three guard combination? It's going to be interesting to see what Rick Barnes does because I, look, I know people are upset that loss is inexcusable. Um, you know, Jerry Stackhouse was o for I think it was o for twenty three against uh, Florida Tennessee, and it was one other school I forgot off the top of my head. Uh, during his time at Vanderbilt, and he gets the win. He gets another year probably on his contract for beating Tennessee at home. And it was just a horrible outing for the balls. And, you know, you look at it and you have to wonder, okay, which way is this team going? Because it ain't headed in the right direction. Like, it, like to, I'll give you an example. Arkansas is on a roll right now. Arkansas has won six straight games uh, in the SEC. Uh, a team that started off very slow in the conference and didn't look good to begin with. Well, Tennessee kind of started off pretty damn hot, you know, to begin with, and, 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 and we're scoring a lot of points, upsetting a couple teams. Now they're going in the opposite direction where you got a team like Arkansas going in, you know, the upward trajectory. So what does Rick Barnes do to stop the bleeding? And I think that's what's big for tomorrow. You know, go out, get the win, put up a performance, you know, high-octane offense, Clamp down on defense, but to me, man, if they, man, if they lose that game tomorrow, confidence is going to be shot, and Alabama will come in here and walk the dog on Tennessee. They are good, and if Tennessee is not up with their confidence level, um, if they're not playing at that at that stellar pace that they should be, you know that Alabama game, that that little schedule right there, Alabama, Kentucky. That could be a bad stretch. So you you want to take care of business tomorrow, get things back on track, figure out what your rotation is going to look like without Triple J and how you want to move forward. And, um, I, you know, Russ, I don't know if loss of confidence is the right word, but I'd be pretty darn scared if you had any kind of ticket that had Tennessee moving out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Some people felt that way anyway, coming into the right. season. Right, I know. But... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's only I... exacerbated here with what's going on the past two weeks. Well, you you just you don't expect it. Like, what do we hear? Like, what did we hear last month? Like, ah, Tennessee, best team in the country, potentially. You know, with Purdue and whatnot, and Houston and others, Alabama. You know, look what they're doing on the court. Look at this defense. Look how. Look how much they're clamping down on that side of the ball. Look at how they're shooting and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you hit this patch where you're not shooting the ball well. Your defense is giving up big shots. Uh, the interior at the post is is giving up points and rebounds. And you're like, what happened? Where did this switch? Like, how, how did it get this bad this quick? 
in the sense of losing the game like that that you did, you know, on, on Wednesday night against Vanderbilt and kind of how they played recently, man. It's, you know, fans aren't happy. But but it's, but I say, like, fans aren't happy. Fans are never happy with Tennessee basketball. Like, they, they, they can be happy for a win. Like, Tennessee fans just have something in their body that says, I'm not going to get excited about Tennessee basketball, you know, because I'm scared of what's going to happen in March. You know, and, and, and that's a problem. And, and if you want to live like that, you want to enjoy – or I don't know if it's enjoying basketball, but it is what it is. You're not enjoying basketball. You're going in. You're, you know, you can't get excited for a regular season win because you're too worried about what's going to happen on the first weekend of March. You know, and, and I just look at it it's like, okay, well, you can't get excited about what's coming up over the next three weeks. And, and I know the loss for Vanderbilt doesn't help, um, but you're still sitting on a two-line right now. And this is a team that – can pull this thing together. It's just going to take Rick Barnes to pull the strings. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it, it's certainly not trending in a positive direction at the moment. Visiting what, with Trey what would you do? What would you do? What? do? I'm sorry. To, what would you do? I'm sorry to cut you off, but who who would you throw down there in Triple J spot to maybe try to spark this thing? I think that. Um, you know, I, I would be looking at everything is my thing. I, I would say nothing is off the table. I would be looking yep. at the three guys on the roster that they're not playing. B.J. Edwards, Freddie DeLeon, D.J. Jefferson. There's no reason to redshirt anybody in 2023 in college basketball, in my opinion. I don't know that any three of those guys are going to come in there and make a huge difference. But my point, Trey, is I would look at everything. I would uh, I would be looking to shake things up big time if I'm Rick Barnes because you know it's been we've been talking about the consistency thing for two months now Trey I mean it's been two months of well you know is Cam going to get it together is Josiah going to get it together can we count on Vescovy night in night out Ziegler and the answer to those questions is clearly no so if I'm Rick Barnes I'm looking for something else can somebody give me a spark can somebody be that answer because what do you have to lose at this point, this season is um, teetering on the brink right now of becoming a disaster, quite frankly. Right, and you're about to hit SEC tournament time, and you're gonna, then you're going to hit March. So figure out what you have on your bench, man. You know, give them more than, than five minutes a game in playing time. Somebody coming off, you know, is the bench. Um, I, I just, I, what, you know, here, here's how I look at it, too. You're not winning an SEC title this year, okay? So, don't worry about it. Take the next six, seven games and figure out, I agree with you, what you have. See if you can take that into the SEC tournament in Nashville. See if you can take that into March Madness. Maybe you're just missing something. You know, Maybe there's a player on this roster right now that you're not giving enough minutes to but will be a gamer once he gets in. And Maybe he doesn't do it in practice or – or maybe they don't want to risk a red shirt. I, I don't know the reason for or, it. Or, but, how about this, Trey? Yeah. Or you play some of those other young guys, and it lights a fire under some of the guys who we're talking about who have been so maddeningly inconsistent. Maybe if Ziegler, Vescovy, uh, Cam Wasit, oh, wait a minute, you mean I'm not guaranteed 20 minutes tonight, no matter what? Maybe if one of those guys does ride the bench and only plays a couple of minutes or doesn't play at all, they finally figured out, oh, wait a minute, I have to be productive every single – maybe that's what fixes it. So I think there's a couple of different ways you could um, – a couple of different positive things that could come out of expanding the rotation a little bit. 
I think Bear wants to jump in. Bear, what do you have? Yeah, I mean, Trey, we were talking about this. I can't remember if it was on Voluntary Reaction or the show earlier in the week. But, I mean, you just, where I, we got to was ask yourself, would if the three freshmen that we have that don't see the floor were at Arkansas, they'd probably be playing a lot of minutes. Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah, no, they absolutely would. No, they, they absolutely would because – Wesselman, the way that Wesselman, the way that they run that offense, and the way that they run their defense. I mean, you got the Mitchell brothers, you got Anthony Black, um, you know, they, they, Ricky Council. I mean, they they do things differently, and that's okay. Each school does. You know, we know how Arkansas plays basketball under Musselman, but you know, there were different reasons for it last year why John Fulkerson was coming off the bench. Uh, we don't know if he was really healthy a lot last year, um, but when he did come off the bench. Um, he, he gave you 100% effort. He gave you that spark that you needed at times during games. Why not try to go find that spark that you have right now on your bench? And I'm, look, I'm not getting paid $5.5 million to, to coach basketball. But you can just see on television that at some points they start getting a little bit lackadaisical. And when that happens, Rick Barnes kind of just rolls with it. I'm waiting for the chance where Rick Barnes just get pissed off enough where he's like, okay, I'm going to the bench. We're going to try to make a statement here. If they don't like it, so be it. But if my guy plays well, he's going to play well. That's how I see it, Bear. Trey Wallace of OutKick, our guest this afternoon. Um, Trey, good stuff, my friend. Appreciate you. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, give us your Super Bowl pick before you get out of here. Oh, Russ. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. He's going to hold up the trophy at the end. I think the Eagles are going to win this thing 31-20. to 20. Uh, I, I know that's a crazy score. Thinking Kansas City might not score points. But uh, I think it's 31-20. to 20. I, would I would love. I did a story on him earlier in the week. I talked to him earlier in the week. I'd love to see Trey Smith uh, hold up that Lombardi trophy. Talk about a, a fantastic way to, to cap off. You know, I'm not saying cap off the NFL career. But put this thing full circle when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'd love to see that happen for the young man. Um, but I'm, I'm going I'm to go with Eagles on this one. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Should be a lot of fun on Sunday. And uh, let's get through some basketball first. Get through the Super Bowl. And then guess what? College baseball is here. So sign me up, boys. All right, Trey. Have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. Trey Wallace. Outkick.com, our guest. He joins as all fan run guests do via the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out Big Orange Phillies this weekend in halls. They got a lot going on. Live music, karaoke on the weekends. BigOrangePhillies.com for a full list of this weekend's entertainment. Of course, they'll have Tennessee basketball on tomorrow and the big game on in high definition Sunday evening. It's at Big Orange Phillies, 6625 Maynardville Pike in halls we're going to take a quick time out right now we'll come right back your phone calls when we continue the drive on fan run radio stay with us welcome back the drive continues on fan run radio live this afternoon at national law rex in farragut I want to thank jets pizza for feeding us today. Always love Jets Pizza. I was in there earlier and uh, picking up some food. They have, of course, Detroit-style deep dish pizza is what really put us on the map. But 
You can get it anyway. They got the classic hand-tossed round pizza crust out there, uh, New York-style classic thin pizza crust that's wide and foldable. Uh, they have regular thin crust pizza. They got it all, even uh, seasoned cauliflower pizza, gluten-free crust pizza. That's not exactly, that doesn't sound appealing to me, but maybe you're into that sort of thing. Point is, whatever you're into, they've got it at Jets Pizza. If you get it uh, delivered, don't forget to get yourself some cheese turbo sticks, one of my favorites over there in dessert. Whether you're a chocolate chip cookie guy or brownie guy or cinnamon sticks, they've got them all. Make your choice, choose wisely, and enjoy some piping hot Jets pizza. You can do it in person at 11124 Kingston Pike in Farragut right next to the shrimp dock just be sure to tell them you heard us talking about it on fan run radio folks and uh, as always you want to get it delivered their number is 865-675-0505 trey wallace of outkick bear what did you learn the the most interesting thing for me right now is what's going to happen with from here on out with the basketball team you know they could get it together I mean, don't act like that's off the table. I mean, there's a reason. He's won a lot of – we give him – we're tough on him, but, I mean, I don't think he's going to stop working on uh, getting the season back on track. When has he ever had a team in his career? Has he ever had a team collapse on him completely? Well, the, the one two years ago that lost to Oregon State in the first round kind of – bottomed out rather precipitously but no I mean they 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 generally don't quit I, I I'll give them that it's just uh man I, I don't know I, I want to see a sense of urgency a sense of desperation that's something uh CG talked about Christopher Gabriel yesterday when after you had gone bare that uh just a sense of urgency he doesn't detect it I want to see a Tennessee team tomorrow that's hungry that's fighting for their life I mean you can argue you know Vandy was obviously hungrier than Tennessee Wednesday night. Um, you could make the argument, you know, Auburn was just as hungry, if not hungrier than us, and we were lucky to win that game. Yeah, Florida was certainly that. hungrier yeah. than Tennessee. Um, we did better. Uh, Houston had a really good point on one of their shows. When it was either Houston or Nate. I sometimes get them mixed up on there. But one of the guys made a really good point that they've noticed, and if you go back, it checks out. Tennessee, this team plays better playing against ranked teams. It's They play up and play down, That doesn't I guess. bode well for tomorrow. <laughs> no. And the best Hell basketball player man. on the floor is, what, the Kobe Brown kid? I don't know that he's the best on the floor, but he's the best they got. He's probably averaging more points per game than – uh, I think he's at 16. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be somebody that has to be dealt with. He's a matchup nightmare. Like, I, I, I don't know who we put on him. Maybe Camwa. I mean, he's asking can't, a lot out of Phillips, it seems like. Yeah. You can't put a do on him. If you noticed, no. and I, I, don't, I don't mean to pick at him, but he doesn't look good once he gets out too far away from the basket. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. I think we've all noticed that. <laughs> I didn't want to hammer the kid. I've noticed it a while ago, but I was like, you know, teetering out there. I kind of recognize that look on his face when he's out there on a real athletic, trying to guard somebody can can go to the hole. 
yeah, it's 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 rough. It's rough. Not but, good, Bob. You know, I I just go back to I, I don't want to pick on Adu. I don't want to pick on Urosh or even Key. You know, we've got to if if this team's going to do anything, the starters have to be consistently productive. That's where it starts, man. The, yeah. That's where it starts. The those guys have to start showing up night in, night out. If that's not going to happen, like it doesn't matter what Adu and Awaka and Urosh and Key and Meshack and those guys do. I mean, it'd be nice if they can give us a spark, but if our starters aren't playing, all this talk is moot. All of it. Yeah. I mean, go to the, the phones. Okay. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. We'll start today with Rex. What's up, Rex? Hey, guys. I just don't know what to think, so maybe you all can help me with this, but uh, about our ball team, because you're 100% right. Like, there is no killer drive except on defense. Um, and if you're, you know, where do we go from here? You know, because we'll probably win tomorrow, but we'll probably split the rest of the game. Don't you think that's a reasonable guess and end up a third seed? I I don't know what is a reasonable guess at this point, Rex. I mean, it's it, it it's hard for me to really make any sort of prediction at this point. I, I guess I'll know more about tomorrow. I mean, I'm sorry to dodge your question here, but I just have no idea what to expect. I mean, um, so you're saying win tomorrow and then go three and three the rest of the way? I think if you were betting money on it, that would be your highest statistical bet. So, because we don't know. I mean, we don't have an offense, and their defense is shady. Our superstars, like, is, is Triple J done? You know, like, is he totally out? He looked pretty injured. Well, you have to – you would have to win tomorrow in order for me yeah. to see three wins out of Alabama, Kentucky on the road, A&M on the road, South Carolina at home, Arkansas at home, Auburn on the road if if they if they lose tomorrow th- that seems hard to me I I, I might be looking at one win at all. the rest of the way well even if you're a Barnes basher and just want him to go you know the statistic the best thing possible for people would be for us to get like a final four and Barnes retire. the ultimate scenario because they're not going to let him go we want Danny White to take a successor. So it is in our best interest that anyone listening to the show for Barnes to do super well, retire, and let Danny White choose a successor before Danny leaves for Notre Dame, wherever he's going to go. I, I don't know. I think the best thing for us would be if, if the ship gets right and, and coach gets them together and they go on a deep run, uh, not just so he can retire. I mean, if that happens, aren't we all wanting him to stay at that point? Yeah. I don't, really, I don't want him to go anywhere now. I mean, it's baffling. You know. Well, we want to but we're. I mean, but I mean, I, I do have to tell you guys, we are still currently ranked number six in the nation, and we're talking single-digit seating right now. That that hasn't been the. And I, you know, I guess we get up on the porch, but that hasn't been the case for the majority of my life as a Tennessee fan. So. That's how I'm looking at it. Hey, Rex, we got about a minute, man. Finish up for us. No, that's a good point. I mean, Bear makes a good point that we just to become spoiled. That we're having this conversation just to, you know, do this and just speak to the program. But 
we all kind of a little frustration watching things like Alabama play where they're, you know, doing the most you know, cutting edge analytic things and having fun and playing aggressive and deep down we all kind of want that. So I hope we win tomorrow and I hope I'm wrong and we go deep and have a wonderful run. I'm worried. Keep the faith, Rex. Head up, shoulders back. Onward, my friend. We gotta take a quick time out. When we continue, we'll get Marcus in here with your top four at four. Hour number two, live from National Rx, coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio.